good to see you all. Everybody doing okay? Week one and a half, right? One and a half in. So that's pretty cool. It's like almost an eighth of a way there, right? We're right there. All right. Um, so Ben talked about this last week as we like jumped into the series, this base camp series. Um, but we're using this uh, base camp terminology um, because like for Wednesday nights, um, we want to be we want to be strategic about like what we do um, and be practical with like what we're doing as we're we're following after Jesus, like coming up with some good tools um, and being able to talk through those and actually like make maybe make some plans, you know, in our life um, as a as a connection group. Our hope is that like as we go through these times that you'll be able to have this like communication and be able to like walk away with, hey, this is something I want to do, you know, this week in regards to that. So, um, you know, we're talking about that um, and, and then like talk through this, but, you know, the base camp is something where um, you kind of get set, you rest a little bit before before going like fully up the mountain or fully into whatever you're doing. You you get to reset, you get to um, get equipped a little bit and like resupply and all these things. And that, that's kind of the hope here for these Wednesday nights is that like, all right, we've had we've had half a week. We come together. Um, we encourage each other. We, we worship the Lord together. We come away with some tools and walk into another week after, of following Jesus. Um, so that's our hope here. And uh, you don't stay at base camp, though. You know, that's the important thing is that you do eventually go out from there. So we want to use this time to be strategic and, to, and then to send you all out um, from here. Last week, Ben talked on the Sabbath, um, and there's still uh, some tools, like even there's a piece of paper at least out there on the, the front table. If like you missed that or you didn't get it or you want a refresher, just some ideas on how to do some things in the Sabbath. Um, but uh, just to put you on the spot, and you're actually going to talk about this in your groups a little bit too, um, did anybody attempt the practice of a Sabbath this week? Rachel did? Hannah did. Derek did. Okay, cool. If you didn't, so that means everyone else didn't, just to be clear. All right. So like three out of 50. Uh, I'm sure there were some others, and I, I don't mean to put you on spot. I'm not definitely not shaming you, but, but uh, um, this, none of this is about, I'll probably say this again, like there's, there's nothing about guilt with these tools. Um, but I want to encourage you and maybe challenge you. Like if you're like, yeah, I didn't do anything based on that. Like don't, don't like get in the habit of like hearing something about faith and then like just putting it in your head and then walking away. Like we, we do that enough. We do that enough with class. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you put in your head long enough to take, take a test on and then forget about it. Let's not do that with Jesus, you know, kind of thing. So, so my challenge is like walk into this week and think about like when is some time I can, I can actually take a break that's purposeful and Sabbath in this way kind of thing. Kind of tack that on maybe the stuff we're talking tonight. Um, so uh, this is an ongoing thing. Um, you know, again, with these things, it's not, it's not ever meant to be a one and done. So if, if something like the Sabbath doesn't happen one week, 
Um, there, there's definitely permission and challenge to put it into practice this week, either again or for the first time, keep practicing these things. Um, what I want to talk about tonight, though, and Sabbath is actually a part of this idea, um, is the idea of, of fostering spiritual rhythms in our lives. Um, you may call it habits, could be a, a word that we want to use. Um, sometimes if you want to use like a little more class, classic definition, you may hear even like, anybody ever hear the, the like term spiritual discipline? Is that like familiar at all? I see some heads nodding. Um, spiritual disciplines, I think that can fit into this too. Um, things like, you know, prayer and Bible and fasting and silence and solitude and those kind of things. Um, but I really want to like focus in and I, I'm just going to give like a disclaimer up front. This is very, it's a very topical thing. Uh, it's not, not exactly like we're not looking at like a chunk of scripture tonight. Okay. We're just talking about like some strategic faith principles here. Um, but this idea of fostering rhythms in our lives in order to follow Jesus better. Um, that, that's the big thing. And the thing we want to keep before us is, is we're wanting to go, grow closer to the Lord. Um, we're wanting to grow in our faith, um, to love God, to love others, and to put ourselves in a place where we're more able to do that. Um, and I want to confess tonight, and there probably won't be the, the only confession, that like I am coming from a place of I am still learning these things, okay? I fail miserably at having good rhythms at times. Um, and I'm just, I just want it to be clear about that. Like, I'm teaching myself just as much tonight as I, as I talk about these things. Um, I have to remind myself daily of the rhythms that I've even set for myself because it's easy to get busy. It's easy to get hectic. It's easy for things to come in and we just react to them. Um, so just know that. Um, they, but they always prove worthwhile when I'm able to hold on to the things that I've been like, hey, these are some like frameworks of my day or my week that I'm interested in. Um, it's always proved worthwhile to do that, even when it's hard to like keep it straight. Um, there are problems with not fostering rhythms in our lives. Uh, one of them is like everything, everything becomes urgent when we don't have proper rhythms and we don't have proper like framework to the way our life works everything suddenly becomes at the same level of importance and urgency. Um, and the fact is that like everything in our life cannot be of equal weight. Like that's actually madness to think that everything can be the exact same importance in our lives. If we don't create boundaries of certain things in margin, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get overwhelmed very quickly. Um, we'll also most likely forget the kind of kingdom mandates that we've been given by Jesus if we're in that place of like everything's the same importance it's very easy to forget like here's the calls of christ on our life but suddenly they have just kind of fallen off to the wayside because we're worried about these other things um, another thing is that everything becomes reactionary this is one of the, the things i i hate most about the way sometimes my life runs is just that idea of like man i'm reacting to this and now i'm reacting to that and now i'm reacting to this and it's all because i haven't like I have no plan, no rhythms. I've gotten out of sync in that way. Uh, if, our, if we only react to what life throws at us, we'll be constantly trying, you know, it's like the cartoon where there's like holes in the ship. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you're like, bloop, bloop, bloop. You know, like, it's like you run out of appendages at some point, like there's no, no way to do this, like, and, and you can't do that. But that's like what happens when we're living a reactionary 
life. Um, it effectively leads us to being ruled by our surroundings, like the circumstances and surroundings and things that are being thrown at us are what ends up ruling us, rather than Jesus, who's supposed to be our king. Um, and that makes it quite difficult to love the Lord, our God, with all that we are when we're plugging holes all the time and trying to be reactionary to these things. Uh, another thing is that, that our eyes will be blind to the people around us if we don't have proper rhythms and framework in our life. Um, if our lives have no intentional rhythm to them, an effect of that is, is just like a lack of seeing the needs that are all around us. People who are in need, people who are broken, injustices, all these things, we, we lose track of them because, again, we've not given our chance, ourselves a chance to see them. It makes, us hard, it makes it hard to love our neighbor as ourself if we don't have these frameworks and rhythms. Um, and the other, other thing is that our ears will be deaf to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's very hard to hear and be still and listen to what God has to say if we don't have these things, if we haven't created space to listen. Um, in Psalm 46.10, God says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I always go back to that um, in, in Kings, Elijah has like had this like massive victory on top of this mountain. Like uh, if, if you will remember this, he, they've put these sacrifice and he covers it in water and God like shows up in fire and burns it all up. And it's like this huge victory. And then he runs away scared because he thinks he's going to be killed. And there's this point where he, he comes out on this mountain to meet God and there's like a huge wind and there's like a firestorm and there's like an earthquake and all these things happen and it keeps saying, but God wasn't in the fire. But God wasn't in the wind. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a still small voice and Elijah steps out to meet God. And I think like that's our, that's our lives a lot of times. There's all this like stuff going crazy we have to kind of pull through that and like listen. And that's what these, these frameworks and rhythms create. They create space for us to be able to take pause and like listen, to be still and know that he's God. Um, so um, in the making of, of music, and I'm going to speak really generally, so don't critique me, Chris, as I talk about the making of music tonight, please, or any other music majors. Um, but there, there are certain like constraints maybe that we work within as we make music, generally speaking. Um, and some of you who play instruments get this, like if we're playing a song like we just did tonight, um, you want everybody to be playing in the same key. Certain notes go together, they complement each other. Some notes are dissonant with each other. And sometimes that's purposeful, but sometimes it's very much not, you know? And you want these things to be in the same place, in the same, the same unity. There's these constraints that are important um, if you're playing this piece, again, you want to be in the same key. There, there's a time signature. Um, if everybody in the orchestra decides they're going to play in whatever time signature they want, that's a problem, unless it's purposeful, right? Um, like, the, that, that's going to be an issue. That, that's another constraint, that's a limit that's been put in order to create beautiful music better together. Um, <clears throat> there's repeats that happen in sheet music. There's even rests 
that give you a chance to take a breath to punctuate certain things in the song, right? Um, even in something like jazz improv, there are still like limits and rules that guide that, that the person improvs within, okay? So um, it makes it sound beautiful. And, and one problem I think that we have when the tempo of life just gets so crazy and it's so typical for our culture today, for us today, is that it's unsustainable. Like it's an unsustainable tempo. It's an unsustainable structure that we have. Um, it's, you know, whether, whether it's spiritual or mental or like physical or emotional or social, like what any of these spots, there's gonna be a break. There's gonna be a breaking point at some point if we don't watch out and have these rhythms built in where we have those pauses and have these spots where we're purposeful about the way our life is moving. Um, we're gonna have a break if that doesn't happen. So that's rooted in the problem with living without framework again, which, which I think in the root cause comes down to a trust issue. Um, and you may be like, man, I, so my life is crazy and I'm pretty overwhelmed, but I trust God. And that may be true, but I, but I think if we get real, real deep into this, sometimes I'm going to confess again, man, things just can't continue if I don't do this. Like, you know, and I don't think we'd go as far as like the world will stop spinning if I stop, but sometimes it feels like our worlds will if we don't, if, if we don't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. We have to be aware of that, that there's a trust issue within that. Do we trust that he's enough to sustain us? Do we trust him enough to rest, to take a Sabbath, to pause for six hours? and let the world move on without us? Like, do we trust him with our time? Do we trust him that the world's not going to fall apart if we set up margins and boundaries? Um, I'm going to reference this book a couple times. I've got, I've got a handful of books up here. I actually ended up only quoting from, I think, one of these. But um, if you're into reading, or maybe not, still come up. Any of these books are, are welcome. Um, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, or Leadership, read or is reading. And I highly recommend this. Any of these books could be borrowed. Um, there's a book called Kingdom Calling that's about uh, like work and like vocational stewardship that I actually don't think I referenced, but I thought it was worth talking about. Um, but then the common rule here, um, I'm going to reference a couple times tonight. And this guy, Justin Early, wrote this. And he asked this question in the, in the beginning parts of the common rule that I, I thought was pretty interesting something we can think on. He says, what if true freedom comes from choosing the right limitations, not avoiding all limitations? What if true freedom comes from choosing the right limitations rather than avoiding all limitations? I think we, we live in a way, and culturally speaking, this is a thing where we don't want limits. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. We don't want, we want total freedom. But to, the problem is total freedom is like not actually good for us. Like we need limits. And sometimes that means we need to put limits on ourselves to say, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to set up this framework. We'll get into that a little more. Um, my 
my kids, I have three kids, um, for a lot of you who I don't know, and 10, eight, five, and they all react to freedom in different ways. Um, I'm not gonna name names, but one of my kids freezes up massively in freedom, complete freedom. Hey, here's what, what's, what's the 37 flavors of ice cream? I don't know, what, whatever that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Is that Ben and Jerry's? Baskin Robbins, yeah. I don't even get it right. We don't go there. Um, here's all these ice cream, 50 flavors, you know, and she, uh, she so I just said who she is. <laughs> don't tell my daughter I'm using her as an illustration. Um, she freezes, like there's no getting, she needs some limits. Um, the boys react differently, but I've seen that over and over, and I think we do that too. Um, they react in a very different way that's still hard. Um, but I think we do that too as like adults where there, we need some limits within our lives in order to have healthy rhythms where we're like listening for the Lord. If we can learn to foster these rhythms in our lives, like the musician maybe, um, sometime something much more beautiful and God-oriented is going to come out of that rather than simply reacting to the urgency swirling around us. Um, so I want to pray and then I want to get increasingly more practical, hopefully. So let's pray together. Um, Jesus, uh, we love you. Um, I pray that you would be moving in our minds and in our hearts um, tonight as uh, we talk about this, um, as I talk about this, and as the groups dig into it together, Lord. Um, like I, I just come humbly knowing that I can do better, um, that my rhythms need to be adjusted just as much, and um, that the real thing here, Lord, is we want to hear you. Um, we want to draw near to you. Um, we want to not be overwhelmed by the world in a way that, like, we forget what we're about. Um, so I, I just pray that you'd give us some insight into ourselves. Um, give us some insight and give us some maybe discipline even. Um, endurance, whatever that looks like to, to have the wisdom to, like, follow through on these things. Um, give us wisdom to know what we actually need to grow closer to you, um, to put ourselves in a position for you to speak and for us to be obedient. So um, I, I just pray over this right now. Help it to be insightful. Um, and we just ask for your guiding in it. Amen. Um, so handout time briefly. Um, I want to pose a couple ways to think about rhythms tonight, and, and one of them is this idea of work and rest and, like, the, the balance of that and also the, the rhythm of work and rest in our lives. Um, and part of this is just kind of getting a little insight and clarity about, like, what we, what we see as those, are those things. But um, work and rest... I'm being really general, okay? So basically, think about your life. One of, whatever you do falls into one of those, okay, for, for tonight's purposes, okay? Um, but the thing is that both of those things 
everything that we do should fall under worship. Um, if we're a follower of Jesus, if we're a Christian, our, our lives should be lived worshipfully um, in that, so whether it's work or whether it's rest. Uh, worship, you know, is absolutely, it's a beautiful thing to come together corporately and to sing like we just did and to, to give these like prayers of praise to the Lord together. Um, it's also pretty awesome, like, like even to sing and, and make music individually, you know, but like our worship is absolutely not bound to, you know, 30 minutes on a Wednesday night or going to a, a church on Sunday and like worshiping together. That's not where those things are bound. Um, Paul talks in the Romans, Romans 12, 1 about, um, he's, he's talked about the goodness of God and his, his grace and mercy. He's like, so therefore, in view of God's mercies, therefore, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies. I'm like missing. Let me, let me say this again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act or service of worship. Um, and, and this is getting at this idea of our lives lived out as acts of worship. Like it's not just the time we come and sing in corporate times, but our lives are, are lived out in that way. And our work and our rest fall within that, right? Like our life, for better or worse, is our work and our rest to be really general. And those are done worshipfully. Um, we present our bodies, says Paul, as this living sacrifice of worship, whether we're working or resting. And I, and I hope that that would change our mentality about the things that we do, um, the way that we maybe interact with work and rest. Like if we're thinking like, man, this is like going to this class is an act of worship to God. Is that tough? Think about your worst class. Is that tough? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like, this class that is, like, destroying me this semester, like, it is, is an act of worship to God, like, the way we interact. Like, do everything as unto the Lord, you know, we're told. And, um, or, like, my rest, you know, like, the way I use my restful moments, can that be an act of worship to the Lord? I, I think we're, we're called into that. Um, Jesus models this rhythm of work and rest to us, just like really God initiated it in the creation story. Like, like Ben talked about last week, going into the Sabbath, um, God, you know, he takes these first six days and he, he speaks things into existence and he is like separating these things out and he's like making these things happen. And then he takes there's actually a rhythm of the days, right? It was morning and it was, or it was evening and it was morning and it was the first day and then the second day. But then at the, the seventh, there's this rest that God takes and that he has, he has done because he's enough. He's enough for us and he wants us to follow suit in resting in his infinite enoughness. Um, but Jesus models this as well. Um, he, works, he models this work-rest rhythm in his ministry. Um, go back and read through the Gospels and like, take, take moments of like, what is Jesus doing? 
in the soul cycle of things. Like, what, what is he doing? See him over and over and over again. He's like teaching and he's meeting the needs of the people. He's like healing over here and he's feeding people over here and he's walking on water. He's, he's working with his disciples. And he's also getting up very early in the morning before it was light and going to pray. And he's also going to the garden at night to pray. And he's also saying things like, I know the crowds are here, but come away with me to a quiet place so we can get some rest. And he's saying, he, he's observing the Sabbaths as he goes about his business. And he's only got three and a half years to do this ministry, but it's purposeful in this like work, rest, rhythm that Jesus has. Even when things are seemingly urgent, he does these things. So I want to take you a few minutes. Um, this is just a little section, but I want you to do some evaluation of like your time. Look at this list or look at this, these two columns, I guess is more what it is. And I, I want to encourage you to make a list of like what part of your lives fall under that. I'm only going to give you a couple minutes here to do that, um, but I'll wait. Um, and just, just like big chunks of your life, where does it fall? Work or rest? Rest, work. Feel free to keep working on that, but um, I want you to take a look at your list and like consider the balance of it right now. Um, like, is it heavily weighted one way or the other? Um, 
are there things on it that you're like, man, this like came to mind as like a pretty big chunk, but I don't really know why this is on my list. Or like, man, I really thought that this would be on my list, but it didn't even come to my mind. Um, like, are there, are there things on that? This is just an evaluation, you know, it's not, not a judgment at all. Um, is Sabbath on your rest column? You know, like that kind of stuff. Like, it, is it there? Was it even in your brain to do that? The, the really practical piece of this whole thing, again, keep, feel free to keep working on that, but um, the really practical thing that I want to land on, and it's kind of what the conversation for your groups is based in tonight is this. Um, I'm pretty much stealing it totally. I, I am stealing it totally from this common rule book because why write something that someone wrote better? <laughs> so just quoting that, Justin Early. Um, but uh, th- there's a few, a few things I want to say in regard to rhythms before that. This and anything we talk about like on these Wednesdays, they're not like laws. You know, it's like, I want to be really clear about that. Like this is, these are tools that we want to use. Um, and those tools may need to be edited. Like I'm going to and you can see, like, I'm going to talk about the next page, you know, is, so you can, you can go ahead and look ahead if you haven't. But um, these things may not be what you need. It may, it may be. And I, there's some on there I'm like, man, that actually feels like a knife in the gut to, like, think about that and feel like I have to, I need to put that into practice. But there may be some other things. You know, you may be like, one, one person may be like, man, I am, I am addicted to TikTok, you know, like some, that may be some of us, I don't know, point, not pointing any fingers. Um, but there, somebody else may be like, I have no social media at all. So obviously the social media type disciplines are not gonna matter, you know, to them. And I, I wanna be clear about that. But I do wanna toss out some ideas here. So just know that they're not laws, they're tools, and they need to be edited because we're wanting to grow in Jesus. Um, and we want them to be, be real. Um, the other thing is like, these, these aren't about like working or merit before God. That's not a thing, you know, like the point of, of these spiritual rhythms is to like, for us to love God and love other people better and put ourselves in a position to do that, not to like make God love us more uh, or anything like that. Um, to put ourselves in this position to be able to do these things. Um, and, and the last thing is, like, if you feel like you don't do these things or anything like it very well, this isn't, like I said earlier, it's not about guilt. Um, it's about growing in the Lord and being refined, and, like letting him work on us. Um, it's never going to be a judgment. So, like, as you guys go into groups and talk about things, like, remember that, too. You know, even if you're like, man, I, I struggle with these things. We all do. So let's just be clear about that. Um, I just hope we can grow in, a, grow in it as a community with these spiritual rhythms. So a few questions here, like how do you, and don't answer, but think about this. Like, how do you start your day? Um, how do you start, how do you start your day? Um, Cause I think that's a really important thing about like what following Jesus through the day looks like. How, how are we even beginning our day? Is it, is it God oriented? Um, for me, uh, I gotta be honest, my start of day is ma- basically about making sure I'm awake and getting my kids to school. 
Like that's where I'm at in life right now. Um, and sometimes it's doubtful whether that's going to happen, either one of those things. But to sit, you know, and, and there's a lot of confessions from Adam tonight, but when I don't go to bed at a proper time, like last night, um, it makes it infinitely harder in the morning to want to get out of bed and get my kids breakfast and their clothes on and make sure the shoes match and get them to school, you know, kind of thing. But a habit that I've been fostering and um, working on little by little is when my feet hit the floor, there's a short prayer. And it's something like, sometimes it's like, Lord, help me. <laughs> sometimes it's that. But, but usually what it is is like, Lord, please take today. Like, please use today. Please use me today. Like, that, that's, that's like what I'm trying to ask. God, may your will be done today. Um, we, we play worship music for about 45 minutes. That's a rhythm that we have in the morning before my kids go to school. And um, I pray with the kids on the drive to school. And then I come home and do my Bible reading. And that's like a, that's like a rhythm that I now have. And the reason that that's there is because I did it over and over and over and over and over and over again and finally got it. And sometimes I still forget. But that, that's the rhythm. Is that perfect? Not at all, but it's a rhythm that I'm fostering. And it's very small things that add up to setting the tone for the way the day starts. And it, it's been helpful. Um, how do you end your day is another thing. Like how, how do you end end of the day. Um, what are you dwelling on at the end of it? More confessions. I don't do this well. Um, and I'm going to make a commitment tonight <laughs> that you can call me on. Um, but like Aaron and I usually end the night listening to podcasts together and both of us are doing this. Oh, here it is. And then it's like, oh man, it's I'm not going to say the time. And I turn off and close my eyes, which scientifically know is like the worst thing you possibly can do, right? And I think that the most of us probably do that. Um, so, like, yeah, this isn't great. John Mark Comer, talking about the uh, ruthless elimination of hurry, um, he, one of his... Uh, his like principles is like uh, parent your parent your phone, like put it to bed before you go to bed, kind of thing. You know, tuck it in for the night, and and like that that's something that uh, I've I've not done well. But I'm gonna commit before you all tonight, and this is the thing I want to get called out on this and asked about it. Okay, that I'm gonna start doing that. Like 30 minutes before I go to bed, my phone's going down. Okay. So ask me about that. Text me, not at, after midnight, please. But ask me how it's going. Philippians 4.8, Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think we can grab a hold of that. Like, what is our beginning of day? What is our end of day? What are we thinking on? to kick these things off. Okay. Going to get out of my rambles. I'm talking too long. Um, early poses two spectrums, and you can see them on your sheet here. This thing here, this little quadrant. 
um, one of loving God and loving neighbor. That's like one continuum here. And the other one that's vertical is loving God, or no, no, it's embrace and resist. Loving God, loving others, embrace and resist. And, and I just want to read his intro to this um, to kind of set the tone for your, your groups and then let you just talk within that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up after this, okay, um, to get practical there. But this is what he says. Um, and this is his common rule, okay? The common rule is made up of eight habits, four daily and four weekly. You can see them on here. The daily habits are kneeling prayer at morning, midday and bedtime, one meal with others, one hour with the phone off, and scripture before phone. The weekly habits are one hour of conversation with a friend to curate media to four hours. Okay. Um, Fast from something for 24 hours and Sabbath. Um, Each habit also corresponds to two different spectrums we've talked about. Love of God. Another way to look at the habits is as they pertain to the love of God. These habits, these rhythms that we put into our lives. You were made to love and be loved by God. Only in light of his love will you finally see who you really are, feel how you're supposed to feel, and discover what you should do with your days. Thus, four of the habits of the common rule are pointed toward opening our eyes to who God is, accepting the love he freely offers, and returning the gaze that has always been fixed on us. And you can see that on the love of God side. Love of neighbor. When we think of better habits, we often think about our own self-improvement. Nothing could be further from the purpose of the common rule. These habits are meant to be practiced with others and for their sake. And that's meals, conversation, the phone off, being attentive to who's around you, and to curate media. Again, attention to who's around you. The word neighbor here is used in the New Testament sense of the word. A neighbor is anyone and everyone who needs our love, family, friends, strangers, enemies. These four habits mean spending meaningful time with other people. They encourage us to interrupt our busy schedules for the sake of rhythms of community. They encourage us to put down our devices and become more present with others. A friend asked me whether the common rule helped us to care for ourselves, and my answer was yes, because we're made to be happy when we're focusing on others. These habits are designed to help us spend our days for the sake of others rather than just ourselves. And then embrace. Embrace is a reminder that there is much good in the world that God made. God's presence, not his absence, is the primary fact of the world. That we need each other, not that we harm each other, is the primary truth of being human. In the habits of embrace, we try to train our bodies and our hearts to love God as he actually is and to turn our neighbor, turn to our neighbor as we were made to do. The habits of embrace are Sabbath, prayer, meals, and conversation. And then finally, resistance. When we practice resistance, we acknowledge that evil and suffering are very real, though they aren't how the world was made to be. Our world was full of a thousand invisible habits of fear, anger, anxiety, and envy that we unconsciously and consciously adopt. Should we do nothing, we will be taught to love the very things that tear us apart. So we must take up the fight, open our eyes to the way that media form us in fear and hate, the way screens form us into absence, and see the way excess and laziness train us to love ourselves above all else. But remember that resistance has a purpose. Love. The habits of resistance aren't supposed to shield you from the world, but to turn you toward it. They aren't so that you can feel good about what you've done for you. They exist so that you can feel peace about what God has done for you. And the habits of resistance are fasting, scripture before phone, phone off, and curate media. So again, these are not end-all be-all 
things, okay? I think there are things that you probably know what you could do to create spiritual rhythms in your lives. But this, what we want to do here is to take some time in our groups to just talk about, like, what are some things we could do to better focus on God, to open these spaces for Jesus to speak into our lives, and uh, to do that as a group. So um, we'll just go ahead and break, and you can go to your groups. If you don't have a group, just grab a friend or grab somebody with you, and we'll take about 15 to 20 minutes to just talk.